0: We are doing our first preaching series of 2023. Someone's excited. (laughs) I'm a bit excited. We are going to be doing a series called Tools of the Trade. Now, hopefully it will become a bit... Hopefully it's pretty clear why we're calling it that anyway. But hopefully it'll become a bit clearer as we go through. Now, we are a charismatic church. Amen? Amen. It's increasingly rare to find churches describing themselves as a charismatic church for some reason, but we are. We are 100% committed to following the Bible. That might not have been what you expected me to say. We are 100% committed to following the Bible, and that same Bible encourages us to be 100% committed to following the leading and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we want him to be free to move in power and work through each of us. Why? So we can build up the body of Christ and then reach out to Swindon with the good news of King Jesus. And today we're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians 12. It's the whole chapter. I'm not going to be doing it verse by verse, don't panic, (laughs) because it is a fairly long chapter. But um, I've asked Roger if he's happy to read the chapter out, so you've got someone else's voice to enjoy as well. So, Roger, could you read out 1 Corinthians 12, please?
1: Okay. So, chapter 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you used to be enticed and were led astray by many to Therefore, I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus is Christ, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are different gifts by the same Spirit, there are different ministries by the same Lord, and there are different activities, but the same God works all of them in each person. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit, to another a message of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit to another the performing of miracles, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. One and the same spirit is active in all these, distributing to each person as
2: he
0: was. Yeah. Uh,
1: for just as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of that body, though many are one body, so also is Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Indeed, the body is not one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it is not for that reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it's not for that reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of snow be? But as it is, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body body just as he wanted. And if they were all the same parts, what would body, be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. (coughs) Or again, the the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that are weaker are indispensable. And those parts of the body that we consider less honorable, (coughs) we clothe these with greater honor and our unrespectable parts are treated with greater respect, which our respectable parts do not lose. Instead, God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the less honorable, so that there will be no division in the body, but, the, but that the members will have the same concern for each other. So if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, <coughs> all the members will rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and the individual members of it, and God has appointed these in the church. First Apostles, second prophets, third te- teachers, next miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, leading, various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all do miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret, but desire the greater gifts? And I will show you an even better. Way.
0: Amen. Amen. Thanks, Roger. just wanted to make sure we don't <coughs> skip the biblical side of all this. There's, there are people that will do all sorts of wonderful things about the gifts of the spirit they'll tell you amazing testimonies and stories but sometimes the bible doesn't come through in the way that i think it needs to because actually we need to make sure that everything we do is in line and in accord with the bible so wanted to make sure we heard that whole chapter thanks roger now the, it starts off one Corinthians twelve, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be unaware. What do you think of when you hear spiritual gift? Prophecy. Prophecy. Gift mhm. Gift of healing. Speaking in tongues. Yep. Yeah. Any others? Yes, teaching. Teaching. Mhm. Interpretation of tongues. Interpretation of tongues. Discernment, absolutely. Yeah. So I grew up in a church that was not charismatic. And then I went and ruined it all by getting filled with the Holy Spirit. And so I, as a teenager, uh, was a little bit of a thorn in my youth leader's side. And I wanna honor him publicly by saying he still gave me opportunities to lead bible studies in that youth group and things like that he didn't see me as that awkward charismatic kid who won't just stop hassling me about this other stuff but there were also times when we did finally talk about spiritual gifts like i'd been asking and rather than focus on what's in the bible they started saying well making a cup of tea could be a spiritual gift and yes it can be an encouragement it can be a ministry but You can make a cup of tea without the power of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever taken a test to help you discover your spiritual gifts? Do you know of these things? I have. I've taken a test to discover my spiritual gift. Um, I have to confess, I don't really like spiritual gift quizzes. Why? Uh, Well, a few things. One, a little bit like personality tests, sometimes you can kind of game it a little bit. And if you know you want a certain gift, you can answer the questions in a certain way to bias you towards that. The other reason I don't like it is it can result in pigeonholing people. Yeah? You can get people who find out, oh, I've got the gift of (sighs) help. I suppose I'll just be in the background looking for opportunities to help people then and they want to get involved in some other stuff but they're like well that's not my gift the quiz didn't tell me that was my gift so I've got to do this but there's another reason I don't like the spiritual gift quizzes have you noticed there are different lists of spiritual gifts in the bible yeah You've got Romans 12, you've got Ephesians 4, you've got 1 Corinthians 12. In fact, you've got two lists in 1 Corinthians 12. You've got one at the the beginning, one at the end, as we've just heard. And often these get flattened down to spiritual gifts. I don't think you can do that. Because I think in verses 4 to 6, Paul is actually clear that there is a bit of a difference between the lists that he gives. Verse 4 to 6, there are different gifts... But the same Spirit, there are different ministries, but the same Lord, and there are different activities, but the same God works all of them in each person. If we go from the bottom to the top, activities, they're kind of like ways of working. And as I study it, it seems to me, I can't say 100% this is accurate, but it seems to me that the list Paul has in mind is what you find in Romans 12, where he says, God has given you this gift. It might be the gift of leading, the gift of encouragement, the gift of prophecy is in there. Interestingly, prophecy is in all three key list passages. So I would say that the activities are, they're almost like the things that people are just innately good at and gifted at. It's almost like God the Father, when he creates each one of us in the womb, whether we come to Christ or not, have these ways of working, these activities going up. You've then got the ministries given by Jesus to the church. Now, that sounds to me an awful lot like we've got in Ephesians 4. Jesus gave to the church some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. So they are different to the activities and they're different to where Paul starts, which is the different gifts, but the same spirit. Now, we're going to look more closely at which gifts the Holy Spirit gives, but the gifts, what Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 12, are things that you can only do by being yielded and led and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Now, it's not that there isn't value in recognizing that someone has the gift of administration or the gift of encouragement or they're called to be a pastor or they're called to be a leader of some sort, but. What you can't then do is say, well, because I don't map to one of these in 1 Corinthians 12, I'm exempt from those. No, you can't do that. See, I believe that people do use those spiritual gift quizzes to discern what their vocation is. And that's brilliant, but it becomes a problem when it makes people say things like, well, you know what, I'd love to see someone healed. I don't have that gift. Well, I guess I'm an administrator, so the gift of speaking in tongues just isn't for me. Or, well, you know what? Bob is at church today and I know he's going to share something prophetic because that's his gift. I've always wanted to do it, but that's not my gift. See, it's a problem because what it does is it kills faith for stepping out into these gifts, into these gifts of the Spirit, into these things that we're going to see in a couple of weeks. Paul tells us we should eagerly desire. There's a great Greek word behind that. It's zelute where we get the word zealous we're supposed to be zealous for these things of the spirit but these spiritual gift quizzes encourage us not to be zealous for the gifts ironically because that is not their aim but by putting you in a box it says well okay that's what you can expect from the holy spirit i believe god wants us to hear today that his desire for us his passion for us is that we take up the things of the Spirit that Paul has talked about and actually take some risks in using them. See, the gifts that Paul talks about in verse 7 through to 11, the other way he talks about it is a manifestation of the Spirit. It's a way that the Holy Spirit makes himself known and visible. How? Through you and me. (laughs) The Holy Spirit wants to make himself obvious through you. Amen? Amen. Verse 11, one and the same spirit is active in all of these, distributing to each person as he wills. Notice, each person, each person. See, we don't possess the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We don't. We don't get given the gift of tongues and then go and hoard it away in a corner, stroking it a little bit golem like saying, "Ah, oh, my gift, my own, my precious. That is not God's intention for it. No, we don't possess the gifts. The Holy Spirit possesses us and then he gives us the gifts that we need in the moment because they're dynamically empowered and directed by the Holy Spirit. One day, he might give you a prophetic insight to share with someone. Might be here, might be at work. The next day, he might give you a gift of faith that breakthrough is coming in that really tough situation that is hurting your friend. Verse 11 tells us that these gifts are distributed as the Holy Spirit desires. And so we should each be open to the Holy Spirit giving us any of the gifts that he wants to give us. As verse three says, the only prerequisite to moving any of these spiritual things is that we are followers of the Lord Jesus, freely confessing that Jesus is Lord and that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm gonna ask a couple of questions that I hope the answer is a resounding yes. Not to kind of slightly prompt you, but. Do you name Jesus as Lord? Yes.
2: Yes. yes.
0: Have you been filled with the Spirit? Yes. In experience. This isn't a theological pop quiz. Some people treat it a little bit like it's, do you believe the right thing? No, have you been filled with the Spirit in a way that you, nobody can convince you it did not happen? Amen. In that case, you've all just said that you are qualified to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Bit of a bait and switch maybe, but that's what you've just done. The Holy Spirit wants to work through each and every one of you. Amen. So to summarise what I'm trying to say, the manifestation gifts of verse 7 to 11, and we're going to look at those, what they are in a moment, are like tools they are the tools of the trade for the normal Christian life. See, we're each given tools to be used for the common good. They're tools that we need to be aware of. And like Becky was saying, we need to be prepared to open up the toolbox, get the right tool for the right job and start using it. Contrary to what Ikea seemed to think, one tool does not do it all. We need more than an Allen key with a big one and a little one either end. Sometimes I think we can treat the gifts of the Spirit as if we just need the ones that are most visible. Bible teachers, people leading meetings, worship leaders. No, there are many, many, many tools that the Holy Spirit gives us. He has got more than one tool in his belt to put in our hands to accomplish what God wants to do at that moment. We need to use the right tool for the right job. Now, the tools given by the Holy Spirit are the message of wisdom. Having just the right word to help someone know the way they should go. Taking the whole of God's wisdom and applying it in a supernatural way in that moment. A message of knowledge. I'm sure we've seen this where someone stands up and says, I feel like God is saying there is someone who has got a problem with their fourth vertebrae. And what do you know? Someone says, that's me. And then you pray in faith and they're healed. Now, I've just mentioned at least three spiritual gifts all working in tandem because that's what these do. But the message of knowledge can unlock situations. John Wimber uh, there's a famous story of him on a flight. And as he's talking politely to this businessman that he sat next to, he sees adultery written across his forehead. What would you do with that one? He tactfully says, do you know what? I'm a pastor and I believe that God has just shown me that you're, you're committing adultery. And God actually then gave John Wimber the name. He said, so does the name this mean anything to you? And he goes white as a sheet, looks to his wife who's sleeping (laughs) and then says, can we go and have a word, please? And out of that, John Wimber is able to share the gospel. The man is able to confess to his wife and new life and restoration comes. Word of knowledge, very powerful. Faith, when you are up against it, when you are wondering how God can come through this time one of the things the Holy Spirit loves to do is to give you a shot of faith that you don't know how you know, you just know you know, you know, you know that God is gonna come through. George Mueller, who, was, um, who ran the orphans, orphanage homes for uh, orphan boys, he would do this regularly. He operated the whole thing by faith. He never said, I need money, please give me your money. <coughs> he would pray every day for the needs of that orphanage. And at one point, there were hundreds, I think even thousands, of little lives depending on him. And the way he would do it is if there was nothing in the cupboard for breakfast, he would gather the boys around and say, We're going to pray for our breakfast. He wouldn't tell them quite how dire it was, but he'd say, Lord, we need breakfast, please. And wouldn't you know? Someone knocks on the door and delivers the food. I read that. Yeah, I read that. Yeah. The bacon or yeah. whatever he was on, broke down. Yep. And he had to offload all the bread. He did. Yeah. Gift of faith unlocks those sort of situations. Healing. Could all do with a bit of healing. Now, I am going to say, with healing, I've had a sick daughter this week. I've, of course, prayed that the Lord would heal her. I have to say, I haven't seen any evidence that he has. It seems to be what's been going on is just the natural processes of her immune system fighting against it and then aided by some antibiotics that we were finally able to access yesterday. She's coming through it now. Do I then say God doesn't heal today? No. God heals. What what I can say is God heals when he gives faith that he's going to heal. Smith Wigglesworth was ill. He wore glasses, and people are like, Well, why are you wearing glasses if God will just heal your eyes? Like, I don't know. He hasn't told me he's going to do it. But he has told me he's going to heal that, and he does it. Gifts of healing, miracles, signs, and wonders. Gift of prophecy. That ability to say in the moment, God is saying this to you. I've moved in this gift quite a bit. Um, been a little while possibly but I can remember one time uh, in our church in Basingstoke where I was just worshipping and I just suddenly felt that I needed to go and say to the man over there whose son was traveling around the world you know God's taking care of Nathaniel don't you he's all right God's got him you don't need to worry so okay it's a nice safe word I can go and share and so I just go and put my arm around my mate and say I just feel like God is saying through this song that we're singing to you that Nathaniel's all right. He's got him. And he just kind of fell and went, you've been reading my mail. He was in deep anxiety about how his son was doing on the other side of the world. Prophecy is powerful. And God loves to use it. Discernment of spirits. The ability to tell what particular spirit is empowering someone in that moment. One of the slightly scary things about spiritual gifts is that God ain't the only one doing stuff. For every gift that God gives, there is an evil demonic counterfeit that people are able to bring to bear as well. And so we need that gift of discernment to be able to spot, is this God or is this something else? In 1 John 4, um, he talks about we need to test the spirits, and see if they are from God. The gift of discernment helps. Um, there's a story uh, of one of the times in Brazil, my first time in Brazil, where we were worshipping, we were there to do mission and to start a new church. It's where I met Lalina. And we, as we were worshipping, all of a sudden this guy, who's a, he was one of the translators between the English people and the, the Brazilian people, and he just starts singing in this deep, rich, voice he is a very softly spoken young man and i just i can remember almost going almost wrenching my neck because it just seemed wrong something felt a little bit off with it and then he starts seemingly praying in tongues but it doesn't sound like the tongues that is worshipful and respectful it sounds like it's mocking and then he starts speaking in english and he starts saying things like, I am, I am Jesus. I was like, okay, maybe it's prophecy. I, I have troubles. You yeah, know, maybe it's not prophecy. I, I have tickles. <laughs> I was like, do you know what? Ben, who was the name of the pastor who was leading the mission at that point, think we need to pray for this guy. And he's like, yeah, no, I'm on it. The gift of discernment showed what needed to happen. Prayed for him, we all gathered around him. He starts coughing, thrashing around a little bit. But by the end of it, he almost kind of goes and just comes back to his senses and says, what was going on? Deliverance comes as a result of the gift of discernment. Tongues, that gift of the Holy Spirit whereby we, and we're going to do a whole message about tongues, so I'm not going to go too into it right now, but whereby we are enabled to just pour out our heart to God without worrying about what the words are. The Holy Spirit is giving us the words that we need at that point. Hold them both by the handles, mate. That'll be easier. Bless him. Um, Yeah, the Holy Spirit is giving us the words that we need. They will be real languages. You know, there are all sorts of weird stuff done in the name of tongues, like say banana backwards. Hallelujah, you got the gift of tongues. No, that is not the gift of tongues. That's manipulation wrong. But the Holy Spirit does still give this gift. The other gift that goes hand in hand with is interpretation. Notice, not translation. It is a interpretation of the sense of what that person is saying. I've had times where I felt like As someone's been up the front speaking in tongues and he's been it's been quite phrase by phrase. It's not been long flowing. It's been a few words, pause, a few words, pause. I have felt like the Holy Spirit was giving me almost like a translation bit by bit. And so I went and shared it. There are other times. I just know it's about I was something about feeling lost, but God finding me and lifting me up interpretation takes the gift of tongues, which is otherwise a personal between me and God gift, and makes it so that it is an encouragement to the whole body. Now, these tools are undeniably supernatural. They can only be done by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. And in chapter 14, Paul tells us that the reason we want to use these gifts in church is so that, one, the church is built up and encouraged, but also so that people who do not yet know Jesus come in and say, God is amongst you. The whole point of these gifts is to put God on display in the midst of his people so that we are built up and encouraged, but so that people who come in who do not know Jesus yet know that he is worth knowing. Sounds good to me. Now, we are not just given one gift and that's our lot. So much of what we've said already about spiritual gift focuses on discovering your gift as if you then can't have anything else. We can ask for more. We can ask for new gifts that we want to move in. Chapter 14, Paul says, speak in tongues publicly only if there's an interpreter present. So that sounds a little bit to me like you're going to know who the interpreter is. And if there isn't a known interpreter there, you should not speak in tongues. Except he goes on to say, well, you know, if there isn't one, pray to interpret yourself. You may never have interpreted before, but you can pray that God would give you that gift of interpretation in the moment. It also means we don't just rely on the people we know can move in a certain gift of the spirit. I think even amongst us, we know that Eddie receives prophetic words. We know that Paul often receives prophetic words and encouragements for us. That doesn't let the rest of us off the hook. Amen. <laughs> amen. We should all be hungry to learn to move in these. Now, if the spiritual tools are just as I've described, if they are bits that you can pick up and use in the moment that the Holy Spirit will give to what that moment needs, how does that fit in with the different callings and vocations that we all have? Well, Later on in this chapter, Paul talks about each of us being called to play different roles in the body of Christ. You've got apostles, you've got prophets, teachers, administrators, healers, helpers, those who give hospitality. And we all need each other. We should not get into comparisons. That's the whole point about um, just as the body is one and has many parts, so also is Christ. The foot says, I am not a hand, so I don't belong to the body. No, because what are you going to pick up? The ear, I'm not an eye, so I don't belong to the body. Where will the hearing be if the whole body was an eye? No, we need each other. We need all of our different callings and vocations. But the spiritual tools that Paul lists in verses 7 to 11 are tools that can be used to do these jobs better. See, not all jobs that require tools. My job doesn't require tools. I mostly just sit at a computer tapping away, and I used to write code, but these days I don't even write code, I just write documents. Anyway. (laughs) Jobs that require tools often involve using the same tools. Think about a shop fitter. You're gonna need screwdrivers, drills, hammers, saws. A carpenter though, will in addition to those things, also need a lathe, a chisel, files, vices. In the same way, your calling and vocation in the body of Christ will tend to rely more heavenly on one set of spiritual tools than another. If you are pastoral or encouragement or hospitality giver, you are much more likely to maybe be using words of wisdom and maybe discernment to see what is the source of that thing that's happening in your friend's life. If you're an evangelistic missionary, well, words of knowledge, healing, and miracles are going to be more useful in accompanying your proclamation of the gospel. And if you're more prophetic, then you're going to be much more familiar with tongues, interpretation, prophecy, discernment of spirits, etc. But even where a profession uses the same tool, there are different grades and types. Think about the humble screwdriver. Depending on what you need them for, your home DIYer will have some variation of these that I have a whole bunch of. They are very useful for when you need to screw something in or unscrew something. Maybe you're putting a, a bed together or a bit of flat pack furniture. It's been a blessedly long time since I've had to do that, so I'm going to put these down. But that is one type of screwdriver. A shop fitter is more likely to have something a bit like this. Now, hopefully this will actually work. Yay. Actually, they're gonna have something much more heavy duty than this, but the benefit of this is it's got a bit of power to it and I don't have to keep going like that. And if you've got 50 different screws to screw in, this is a godsend. Then there are electrical engineers or IT infrastructure engineers who are more likely to need these. Precision screwdrivers. Maybe you need to fix your glasses up, actually. But I've used screwdrivers like these when I've been building my own PC in the past. You need something that lets you get just that little bit closer to really see what it is you're doing. It's the same thing with the different gifts. Take prophecy as an example. And we are going to be doing an extended message about prophecy right at the end of the series. But actually, my theory is that prophecy is the screwdriver of the tool belt anyone can move in prophecy everyone needs it whatever it is you're doing because you need God to speak (coughs) but there are different levels of the gift there is a level of prophecy that anyone can get involved in a little bit like your home DIYer you don't need a, a degree for it all you need is some willingness to take a risk and say this is what I feel like God's showing me does that ring true for you There is a heavy duty form of prophecy that God tends to entrust more to the more seasoned prophetic people who have been proven in that. Then there are others who have more of a precision screwdriver level of prophecy, occasionally being used to bring like a word to an individual in small group or something like that. You're not going to be doing lots and lots of it. You're not going to be certainly not going to be getting the big heavy powered screwdriver. But God is going to give you the word that is just right for that individual in that moment. And th- I think this can be said of any of these nine things of the Spirit that Paul lists in this passage, whether it's healing, whether it's faith, whether it's tongues or interpretation, whether it's discernment. Sometimes you just get a bit of an icky feeling. I sometimes get it when I'm watching the telly. I wouldn't say my ministry is that of discernment, but if I'm watching something like Gogglebox and they have one of the ghost hunter things on, sometimes... I'm just like, Do "You know what? That's just clearly fake. Other times I like actually, no, no, there is a power there, and that isn't godly. Any of us, I think, can get those sorts of feelings. Other people are very, 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 very sensitive. Almost incommodated inco- almost that's not the right word, is it? <coughs> I can't quite think of the right word, but they just feel uncomfortable when they come into contact with something that they're pretty sure isn't of the kingdom.
2: Exactly. A shop called the
0: Pier. Mhm. Long time ago, you couldn't go in there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it might just be in that one shop. I think it was in Brighton. Mhm. Yeah. I think I remember that shop in Brighton actually from yeah. going to visit Emma. Yeah. Yeah. I said, I can't go in yeah. Some people are just much, much more sensitive. But while your calling might lead to you being used in certain manifestation gifts more than others. I think that Jesus wants us to remain open to moving in any of the gifts that the Spirit leads us to use. He doesn't want us to limit ourselves to that thing that we know we can do. There is more that the Holy Spirit wants to equip us with. I think also that there are gifts in this room that have fallen into disuse. It's been a while since you've picked up that gift. I think God's inviting us to try them out again. I have to confess... I'm in this situation. I used to do a lot more prophetic singing, a lot more tongues and interpretation than I do these days. And I feel like there's probably something to to pick it up. I think I've done one more prophetic song since we've started meeting publicly as Trinity Life the last time I led worship. But I need to pick it up again because I know from what people have told me, it's an encouragement to them. It's really uplifting, yeah. And if I hold back, I'm robbing the church of something that the church needs. If you hold back on a gift that you have moved in before, I don't wanna say robbing, I'll use that of myself, I don't wanna put that on you, but you are not, you're not giving yourself the opportunity to be a blessing to the body. If you have never been used in one of the nine gifts that Paul lists in these verses, I think in this series and in the rest of this year, God is welcoming you into a new adventure to pick up one of the tools of the trade and try it out. And our aim in the remainder of this series is to provide encouragement and some practical tips and training in how to either get going with the gifts of the Spirit or go deeper and uncover a new gift that you've not used before. And as we go through it, I want to encourage you to be bold. (coughs) Take a risk in this safe space. You are with brothers and sisters who love you this morning and every other morning that we're together. So you can take a risk and step out and try. Now, what we're not saying is we want to manufacture something. Yeah? We're not trying to work something up. I'm not saying when Phil comes and leads worship in a moment that we're going to have to go... Work ourselves into frenzy and then go. God says this. No. What I'm saying is that we need to open ourselves up and ask the Holy Spirit to blow. And then when he does, go where he blows. If you're used to using particular gifts, ask God for a new one. Or ask him how... Actually, this is key. I'm not going to say, Paul, that you can't prophesy for the next five weeks. Because that would be putting a limit on you that is not godly. But, maybe you can be asking God who else are you speaking to this morning? And go and encourage them. I know you are. That's why I felt safe saying it. If you are more used to a gift, ask God to use you to encourage other people into that gift. Because this is a community thing. Now, if you would like to read some books, it's all well and good hearing people uh, speak, but Some people, and I'm one of them, like to read. There's a few books I've got off my bookshelf, just a few. Um, John Wimber, Power Evangelism. Really good book. I'll stick with John Wimber, Power Healing. Uh, This is a book I'm going to be reading this year because I believe that there have been prophetic words spoken over me talking about an anointing and a, uh, a ministry in healing. And I've probably seen it. Three or four times in my life, and I want to see more of it. Um, Sustainable power by Simon Holly, really good book. I know Brenda's read it. Ed is reading it. Um, it's a really good book about how to get going in the gifts of the Spirit. Some of the things that you have to repent of and overcome, and then some practical pointers at the end, or in the second half of the book, for how to pursue. The, the, the moving of the spirit in your life and in your church. Mike Bickle, Growing in the Prophetic. It's got an endorsement by Terry Virgo on the back, so it must be okay. But it is, this is one of the books that taught me a lot about the prophetic when I was a teenager. Uh, it gave me just that shot of encouragement I needed to take a step out and take a risk when I felt like God was showing me something. And then uh, the last one I've got physically is a book by Sam Storms. Uh, called practicing the power and it's all about just if you're if you want to move in the gifts but you don't know how this gives you some good practical tips it does some good doctrine in there as well but it's more about the practice of getting going there's also a couple of books that i only have in ebook form um jack deer he wrote a book 25 years ago, Surprised by the Power of the Spirit. He's refreshed it and updated it with why I am still surprised by the power of the Spirit. Um, the other one is also a Jack Deere book. I haven't read this one yet. Actually, I just bought this this morning. You're reading it at the moment. Is it good?
2: Yeah. Well, I found it a little bit heavy going in the beginning, but it's got
0: to the really good bits now. And there's lots of little post-its in there that somebody else has put in there. Oh, I wonder who that could be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, yeah it's quite old as well it's gone a bit brown right so i bought this this morning and again i'm going to be reading that over the next few months or so it, again i think the original surprised by the voice of god was written 20 years ago and god used that in my life to get me going kick-started me in the prophetic i want to see what he's added on to it by refreshing it But I'm going to draw to a close for now. Those are good books that I commend to you. They will encourage you and give you just that shot of faith and encouragement that I think you need. But Phil's going to lead us in worship. As he does that, just want to put some questions in front of you again. I've asked them as I've gone, but it's just good to review. Have you been filled or baptised with the Holy Spirit? If you haven't, would you like to be? If you have... Do you need to be refreshed? I do. Have you used any of these spiritual tools I've been talking about before? I'm pretty sure the answer is going to be yes, actually. Is there a new tool you would like to pick up? Is there an old tool to you that you think you might need to pick up again because you've kind of just left it to one side? While we worship... Bring these questions before the Lord. Ask him to to speak to you and see what he stirs up. At some point, we can make space to pray for one another, to to encourage one another. But actually, you can change the plan for the rest of this morning. Feel free, as we come back into worship, to bring anything that you feel God is stirring up. Might be prophetic, might be tongues,
2: Can I share something, a little bit of a testimony about this? Yeah. A number of years ago, it was shortly after we joined the New Frontiers Church in Swindon, and there was a prayer meeting in the evening, and the Pastor Andrew had decided that we were going to pray for people who needed specific prayer in certain areas. And there was a guy there, um, and I was praying a prayer, that was just one of the most useless prayers that you can possibly imagine. And um, really, I was giving God every excuse that I could for not doing anything. Mm -hmm. That was my prayer. And while I was praying it, Andrew, because people were just wandering about between different people, Andrew came wandering across, and he literally pushed me out of the way and took authority. And that was the first time I'd ever seen that done. Mm. Now in a sense, that could have been a bit of a crushing thing. I think it was the following Sunday morning, there was a word given in church for somebody that had a specific problem with the hand. Guy, who I'd never seen before put his hand up. Andrew asked me to go and pray for him. Mm -hmm. So I did in faith, Mm. believing because, you know, it was stated God wants to heal this person. What an easy thing to do under those circumstances. Yeah. Now I am a bit of a cynic and a skeptic. the guy was from the US, actually, and he was back at church the next week before he we went back to the US. I'd already asked him after the prayer how, how his hand felt. And his immediate response was, it's fixed. Hmm. The following week, I had to ask him again. Still fixed. <laughs> now, he went back to the US, and I happened to know that a couple of folks that had been from our church to the US actually we're going to the same church as this guy about a year or two later idiot here had to ask the question how is he doing no problems but he was a carpenter mm. it was his living yeah he now had not just himself but a bunch of folks working for him as well so God had really blessed him mm. there was a long learning experience for me there but it actually started with demonstration. Yeah. And so now, although I don't do it often enough, I'm always willing to pray for somebody to be healed. Mm-hmm. Because what is there to lose? Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Amen. <coughs> I hope that's a little bit helpful.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. There is a. A little bit from this book that I was intending to read. Um, My friend, Simon Holly, pastors King's Arms Church in Bedford, England. And during a sermon he preached at our church, he mentioned how his congregation responds when people try and then fail. On one occasion, a lady shared how she had stepped out in faith and spoke what she believed was a word of knowledge to another lady on the train. She turned out to be completely wrong. But instead of curling up in a fetal position in shame, she shared her mistake before the entire church. They applauded her. Not the golf applause. You know, the are a strange and virtually muffled patting of the hands. No, we are talking about a raucous clapping of the hands. Someone attending that day was confused by the response. I don't get it, he said. You guys applaud failure? Now, this is in America. You can understand why that would challenge certain cultural strongholds. No, said Holly, we applaud courage. Holly's point is that God is far more pleased with our obedience than he is with our success. Success is not something we ultimately control. I cannot guarantee that my prayers for the sick will result in healing. I can't promise that my word to you will be spot on accurate, but I can control whether or not I am willing to step out and take a risk. And the risk is worth it. Should we stand and pray? Lord Jesus, I want to thank you that you, you came healing, as we've already sung. You came turning water into wine. You came doing wonders and miracles. But you didn't just hold all of that to yourself as if it was yours. No, Lord Jesus, what you have done is you have said, here, have my spirit and go and do the same. Lord, I pray that in the rest of our time and in the weeks that are to come, that you, we would know the filling and the empowering and the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray for an uptick in courage amongst Trinity Life Church. Lord, I pray that we will not hold back out of fear. We will not think, well, it, nothing will happen anyway, but we will say, no, the Lord is good. The Lord is powerful and he is calling me to this. Lord, I pray that you would give us the ability to obey and the courage to follow through and see where you are leading us. Give us wisdom, revelation and power, we pray, Lord Jesus, that your kingdom would come and you would be lifted on high. In Jesus' name. Amen.